if you weren't here last week, I, I would just highly, highly encourage you to watch that video if you could. My heart cry here is for the Holy Spirit to teach us. I hope to get to a place to share with you something that for me is revelation. We laid some foundations last week, some very strong foundations. We took a look at Paul's life and what was transpiring in his life at this time. What I'd like to do is just hit a couple bullet points from last week to bring us up to date to where we need to pick up this week. So in talking about contentment, let's begin with Philippians chapter 4 again, where it says that not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think one of the key moments here is to realize that Paul learned. He said, I have learned. When he learned, I mean, the question really, you know, he says, you know, I have to ask the question, what did he learn? When did he learn it? I mean, I know the results of what he learned, not, they didn't come just as a result of him, you know, becoming a Christian, okay? He said yes to Jesus, and now all of a sudden he's, he's got all this wisdom and understanding. Now, 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 what did he learn? He says he learned. And, and when did he learn this? He says it's the key of being content. He says, I have learned the secret. So, as we've said before, there was a moment when he learned. There was a moment when he learned. And this is very important to understand that there is, God, God's got more in store to show us. There's, there's more that he's wanting to reveal to us. This isn't just a, a, a cruise along, make it along, go along kind of thing. No, no. And, and he says here again, he says, I have learned the secret. That word secret in the Greek is mysterion, which simply means mystery. And, and he's, he's, he's basically saying in, in this way, he's saying, I have been initiated into this, into this mystery. He says, he says, I, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Circumstances. Can I tell you something? The all things are the ever-changing ways of life. Life changes, friend. How are you going to make it? How are you going to walk through it? How are you going to deal with it? Well, I, I can deal with it. You know, I sat down with a, a couple this past week in my office. We were preparing a service for Friday. They're a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl. 
treasures as well the week prior. Marina had music. Mama sat there and shook. How do you work through that? What do you say? How do you comfort people like that? Let's, let's, they went down to Florida, first day of vacation, and their daughter passes away. She died. It's tragic. Can you imagine the guilt, the pain, the suffering, the loneliness, all that stuff? Uh, what do you do? Is there some secret here? Because God just changed. Friends, Paul is saying something very substantial here. I have learned. I have learned. A and you get into this, the, 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 the initiation into the ever-changing ways of life. Don't ever stop to think for a moment, life's not going to change. Things aren't going to change. And then we, 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 come, we come up to that verse right after, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. We quote that verse, don't we? We, we continually say, I, I, so, like we're supposed to be strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How's that working for you? Because we don't, we don't, we take that verse out, but we don't talk about what comes before. That verse comes at the end of everything else Paul is saying. Verse 13 doesn't exist without 11 and 12. Hello. In the middle of it, Paul is saying, in the middle of those circumstances, in the middle of life changes, in the middle of being without, of being with, with much, with, with being humble or prosperous or in every circumstances, he says, I have learned the mystery of being filled and going hungry, of having abundance and suffering need. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Why? Because, well, let me, let me get into some things here. Because uh, uh, t take a look at... <laughs> Take a look at verse 2, okay? He says, uh, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago. Now, he's speaking of himself, obviously. And he's saying 14 years ago. We talked about this. Let me just re remind you that Philippians and 2 Corinthians is written about the same time, about A.D. 55. And, and if you go 14 years back, well, Christ was crucified around 30 A.D. or A.D. 30, I should say, uh, give or take, you know, a year or whatever. And, and so Paul, we know from other places, received Christ about a year or two later. And so if you take that in the 14 and so forth, you, you, you know where his salvation is approximately in. And there's so much more I could talk about age-wise, this-wise, everything else-wise, because he's, he's, he's in his 
well, he's, by this time he's in his 40s, which is, you know, getting older. Mm, I just want to give you a, a lesson on, on, on Paul here for a minute, but let me, let me just stop there and, and say very simply, those 14 years we have, he's talking about, was time spent in Arabia, where he's learning from God. God's teaching him. The Holy Spirit's leading him. There's other things that are taking place. It's within the Sinai area that he's talking about. And so there's things happening there. And he says this, he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body I do not know, God knows. Now, understand something here. I mean, well, let's just continue on. Take a look at verse 7. It says, because of the surprising greatness. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in, in Corinthians. I forgot to tell you that, didn't I? In Corinthians 17, he's, see, he's, he's, he's written them both at the same time. And so we have the one story in Philippians, but he's expounding on it a whole lot more here in Corinthians. He says, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. I love this. I, I mean, the, 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 and, and you all know that thorn in the flesh refers to people. Go back in the Judges, you can read through other places within Scripture, eye in, uh, you know, uh, thorn in the eye, thorn in the flesh, it always refers to people. And so, you know, the, he's saying because of the surpassing Greatness of the revelations. Wow. He says, for this reason, to keep me from being exalted. <laughs> you know, God sent me a, a dude from the mafia leader. And that, that, that word right there, remember? A, a, message of, a messenger of Satan to what? Torment me. Or if you have an older version, it says buffet me. It, it simply means to slap you in the face. To turn to your neighbor and... No, no. But to, 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 another interpretation of that is to punch you in the jaw. So what, what you have here is, 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 is this, in order to keep me humble, in order to keep me, to keep me from you know, being extolled or uplifted or... You know, just, just, just to keep me in that place where, you know. And so what happens is he's saying, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Some people around me and, and a messenger of the accuser, which is what Satan means, to slap me in the face, to punch me in the jaw, to keep me from exalting myself. Really? That's the way God works. He hires Satan to slap you in the face so that you'll stay humble. And you remember what follows? Paul says, so I prayed. I like the old King James. So I prayed thrice. I prayed three times, which is another way of us saying I prayed over. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. It's like 
if I told you once, I told you a hundred times kind of thing. In other words, it's really not an exact number. It's just the idea that he kept praying over and over and over and over again. And what does God do? He doesn't answer it. He doesn't answer his prayer. He keeps silent on it. It's nada. And as a result, what takes place is God answers him with something other than totally away from what he was asking about. Here he is being accused, being slapped in the face, being punched. How many know that with God, he is the end of all condemnation and accusations? God does not come along and hire somebody to slap you in the face to keep you humble. He, he does, he does, mm, that, mm. in fact, look at what God says to him here in 2 Corinthians in chapter 9. It says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power, my power is, 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 is perfected in weakness. And then Paul says this, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And, and the crazy thing is, he goes on to say, and I'm just going to go through this quickly because I don't want to take too much more time. But he says, therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Did you see what he said? Then, therefore, I am well content. Not just content, well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties. What kind of a guy is this? You know, you would have thought, instead of saying what he's saying, he said that he would have said, God, take it away. You would have thought he would be saying, God, get rid of it, which is what he's saying. But he said, I've discovered the secret. My weakness is actually a portal to his strength. And this is my question to you last week, and this is my question to you this week. Why are we so afraid of weakness? Now, I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it last week. I want to mention it again because to me, it is a revelation of understanding that when we recognize what happened in the garden, when the enemy came to Adam and Eve, his instructions were very simply... <laughs> You, you have a false identity. You, you think that you're made in the image of God, that, 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 uh, that, that you were supposed to be, but in truth, you're not made in the image of God. You're, because, friends, bottom line is, we've said it, we'll say it again, we were created to be weak. Now, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you 
are weak. Immediately, what does that do? Huh? Seriously, I'm not weak, man. I'm not weak. Don't call me weak. I'll show you what weak isn't. It doesn't even feel right saying it. You say to somebody, you're weak. It's a negative. But friend, understand that God created us to be weak. And with the enemy coming in, he doesn't want you to think that you were created weak. He doesn't want you to think that, first of all, you were created in the image of God, but that you were created to be a God. You're a God. So a God is supposed to be strong. A God is not supposed to be weak. A God does not make mistakes or failures. A God is one who's able to overcome, to walk in power and walk in strength and be one who is... is so, so the end result is that the original sin, when you understand the original sin, is simply believing a false identity. And as a result, weakness, the weakness that is opposite from what we were created to be, is what brings in fear and anxiety. Let me just say this, flesh, in the New Testament especially, is broken humanity. That's what it is. When we live in flesh, we live in the brokenness of humanity. Remember I talked to you last week about the fact that we're storytellers? That we tell stories. Whenever you have an emotion... That emotion only lasts for a few seconds, and then it's over. Unless you put a story to that emotion. Can you believe they said this to me? Can you believe they did that? Can you believe this happened? Can you believe that they treated me like this? So forth and so on. And what happens is that, that, that pain, that, that, that void, that whatever is going on, that emotion continues to live. I know people, like I've said before, that have, have you know, they have kept that emotion alive for 40 years by the story they continue to tell. I'll say this again. Weakness is the portal to God's grace. We even blame God. That story is right there, you know. We just, we just tell, you know, uh, you know God, God did that. You know. It's like that couple that came in this last week. The last thing you can do is blame God. Why didn't God do something? Or, or you know, like, uh, well, God took her. Or God, or God needed her more than we did her. You don't tell people that. That is a lie straight from the enemy. God doesn't take people, does he? Death takes them. Sickness takes them. Old age takes them. God receives them. Paul's blaming God for sending some, some devil to slap him across the face and a thorn in the flesh and punch him in the jaw. and all. God sent him to keep me humble. Oh. You're not blaming God for sending a devil to harass you. 
We do not call for God to come to where we perceive he isn't. Because there is no separation with God, friend. No separation. Nada. None. My weakness is not something apart from where he has his residence. Listen to that. My weakness is not something different or apart from where he lives. There's a lot of people who are calling for God to come to where they, 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 they perceive that he's not because if God was here, then this wouldn't be happening. Let me tell you, he is there right in the middle of this weakness because there is no separation. Where you are, he is. And where he is, you are. You're in the weakness. It's a matter, I call it a matter of perception. It's a matter of perception of where we are looking and expecting. We focus on the circumstance and what happens. So as a result, all we see is a little eight-ounce can of Coke. Maybe it was six ounces. I don't I just remember that big 301 can that was popping. Because all we can see is that we are a victim. And you know what that produces? A poverty mindset. And that grows in the air of fear and anxiety and where the, 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 where the secret is, that, that, that initiating moment is to turn away from the situation. Turn away. Look, it, it doesn't say that when you turn away from the situation that the situation goes. It says turn away from the situation to see the ultimate truth that the grace of God is sufficient to handle this right here, right now. In fact, think it through you'll see the grace of God come to completion in this situation, in the weakness. The weakness that I'm trying to escape. I should say that I'm trying to escape from. Though the weakness that is a, a, a vital part of this incredible force of the grace of God. So take your eyes away from that situation is what it's telling you. That situation says you're supposed to be a God. And, and you're not. You're not enough. You're, you're, you're not good enough. You don't have enough. And the friend, it's a lie. Because you were never meant to, okay? You are meant to live by the grace of God, smack in the middle of weakness, and that's your victory. You are meant to live by the grace of God in the middle of that weakness. That's your victory. This grace is real, and it's not something theoretical, like, you know, cliches. Oh, they drive me nuts. You know... Those cliches that come along when you're going through something, well, you know, God is 
I know he is. But I don't feel that right now. It's, 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 it's not, how should I say, it's not gritting your teeth, right, and trying to make something happen or, or to convince you know, yourself that it is happening. Yeah, that's what it is. It is, is it not? What is it? What is it? It's hard to see someone trying to believe that the grace of God is with us when it's obvious they don't yet believe it. it it's like they have to convince themselves, talk themselves into it, that something is happening, something is happening that they're not sure of. They just know that if they say the right words and come up with the right formula and say things enough, that maybe they'll believe it. Nothing is happening. But what do they do? They, they take their, their happy mask and stick it over their terrified heart. This grace is not some impersonal, vague cloud of power. It says... Grace comes by Jesus Christ. That means Jesus is. He is the grace. He is the gift of all that God is. And he dwells inside us. No separation. So he said, my grace, my grace. The, the Greek there is my grace, what, what my grace is, is, is constantly adequate. That's what the word sufficient means there. My grace is consistently adequate. This isn't something that happens when you put your hand up and you go forward. He's saying this is constant. This, the, the grace is constantly adequate, constantly sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. The question is... Question number two, where are you looking? Where are you expecting? When you are weak, then in reality, you are strong. You are capable. You're powerful. You have the wisdom to walk through this. Now, I'll be the first one to say, you know what? This, this all sounds backwards. You and I think we're becoming strong. We think we're supposed to be strong. And when I become strong, then, then I can overcome evil. Then I can deal bad. bad. I, I can deal you know, with, with bad enemy. I can, I can stand up. and. So we have all these Christians trying to be strong, turning to every direction, trying to read every book, trying to listen to every preacher and all the right stuff and seeing the bigness of it and the, and the sensational of it, you know. And, and I know there are good people and good things and good books and all these other things, but we're trying to copy somebody else's testimony or we're trying to copy somebody else's understanding of what it means to be strong, you know, making something happening, overcoming, you know, walking in this, becoming this mighty Christian. How's that working? We're looking for that secret to be strong, to be powerful, to take down every enemy and every foe that's hiding behind every bush and just. What he's saying here is simply embrace the weakness as the very point of divine strength. Did you hear 
embrace the weakness as the very point of divine strength. We think because we've been, been taught that having great faith and that sense of authority to hurl back the darkness, that, that's, that's being a mature Christian. I haven't quite reached yet, but when I do, you know. But what, what actually defeats the darkness, friend, is that in our weakness, we're united in his strength in the heart of darkness. That, that, that's where we find he is. Yeah, he's the deliverer. But his deliverance is not getting us out of the situation. It is that we participate in his strength when we feel our weakness. His deliverance is not... It, it, his, his deliverance is not getting us out of something. It is us participating in his strength when we feel our weaknesses. Let, 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 me, let me put it this way. We wake up to realize that he is perfectly at home in the feelings and in everything I'm asking him to take away, to be removed. Let me say that again. We wake up to realize that he is actually perfectly at home in the feelings, in everything that I'm asking him to get out of my life, to take care of, get that subject, take care of that, make it go away. He resides in this, in this thing that's happening to me that I'm asking him to get rid of. We think, God's up there, you know. Who's, he's, he's, he's not with me right now because he's up there because, you know, he, he wouldn't be in this. He couldn't be in this. This wouldn't be happening. So please, God, remove this so that we can get back to normal. I can start living the victorious Christian life. And what does he say? No. He says, when you're weak, that's when my grace reaches in and reaches its perfection. That's when you realize, that's when you really see who I am. But you won't see that outside of that. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, I got a new story. I used to have this story. Let me tell you about my old one. Let me tell you about the wounds slapping in the face. He says, I got a new story. When this is happening, I don't come and tell everybody what terrible things I'm going through. And, and I, I, my wits end and I don't know what to do with this. And God's got to, no. It's a new story. We tell ourselves the new story, and that's what he was doing in Philippians. He said, this is my story. I love it. This is my story. This is my song. My story is I've learned the secret. I'm content in every situation, 
You see me when I have nothing. You see me when I'm walking in abundance. Don't get excited. I'm not controlled by the exterior. I am controlled by grace that is in me. That enables me to walk through whatever is going on. Hello. I need different grace when I'm down. Hello? I don't need the grace that I'm, I have when I'm up when I'm down. The grace when I'm down can't help me when I'm up. I need different grace when I'm down and different grace when I'm up. But it's the same grace. He's becoming to me what I need him to be. So we embrace Christ as the all of this moment. And when you can embrace the moment of weakness as the perfect place to reveal his strength. So you're not telling yourself the story of I'm not enough. And how good they do this to me. I'm sorry. Instead, I'm given the story of his strength. I, I'm, I'm, I'm given the story of his perfectly manifested strength right in the place where I find weakness. Try this. He resides perfectly at home in the middle of the place that I call horror. This is my nightmare. This is my pain. This is the place of fear. But he lives in that and tells me he holds the keys to death and to hell. I call what I'm going through just that, death and hell. And what is he doing? He's standing there with keys just twirling them on his finger. And he says... I own the joint. So the place we're running from, the place that we're afraid of, that's his address. He lives there. Huh. It means he's holding us. Holding the entire situation in himself. Can you see that? The, the, the word that is used in 2 Corinthians, which I, I, sometimes I don't understand translators, but, you know, I, I understand translators too. But, but it says in, in verse 9 there, right? It says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast. I love it. I would rather boast about my weakness so the power of Christ may dwell in me now I'm not out to get in trouble but that's not what it really says okay that's why I like at times other versions you've got it right there it says in the amplified it says therefore I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest. Watch it now. Yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. 
Okay. Look at that again. Just you look at it. Think about it. But that's the word. He comes upon us like a tent. Which is to say he's hosting us in this moment. And what is this moment? It's the moment of weakness that I don't want. But it's in that moment of weakness that he is tenting me. A tent. It means I'm in the embrace. I am called beloved in this moment. And Christ is my wisdom. Christ is my strength. I'm tented in that. Do some picturing, if you will. In fact, there, there, there's, a, there's a, a passage of Scripture. It's in the, it's the Passion Translation. It's paraphrased. But man, sometimes the paraphrase just nails it. Look at Psalm 61. And I, I hope you can get a chance to read the rest of it later. But I, let me go through verse 4. It, it says, Oh God, hear my prayer. Listen to my heart's cry. No matter where I am, even when I'm far from home, I will cry out to you for a father's help. When I'm feeble, weak, and overwhelmed by life, guide me into your glory. And where I am safe and sheltered, Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. You lift me high above the fray. None of my foes can touch me when I'm held firmly in your wraparound presence. Keep me in this glory. Let me live continually under your splendor shadow, hiding my life in you forever. Wow. You need to read the rest of that. David understood that. He, 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 he didn't say, take the enemies away, God. Get rid of them. Just, just wipe them out. He said, hide me. Let me be in the middle of this, wrapped around in your presence, in your belovedness. How many times have I shared here about Christ inside our darkness, our desert? Our aloneness, the shepherd coming for the, he's, he's not the Christ outside saying, you get your act together and I'll be your friend. No, it's he came in, in the incarnation. He came inside our darkness, inside our hell, and he comes inside our death. And he filled it. Full of light and, 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 and his love and said, I have the keys. He joins us in our darkness and transforms the darkness into what we could never have dreamed it to be. Paul, especially in Philippians 4, when he's giving a record of his life, he said, after that discovery, I learned I have a life of total contentment. What changed, Paul? What changed? Paul said, I did. I did. 
I woke up to who he really is in me and who I am in him. And that changed everything. The emptiness was still there. The abundance was still there. They still insulted me. They were still telling lies about me. But I'm content. I'm self-sufficient in his sufficiency. Strengthened. I like what the old King James says there, strengtheneth. The Amplified picked up on that and says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses me with his strength. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. What's he saying? He's saying, Christ strengthens me. So understand, it doesn't mean you are made strong in yourself. Can you grab that for a second? It doesn't mean that you are made strong in and of yourself. Like, well, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate this. You did a really good job. Man, I'm pumped. I'll go now. I'll just, I'll just show you just, 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 just how strong you made me, God. I'm going to go whack that devil left and right. No. Paul says, I am as weak as I've always been, especially if it's left up to me. I'm, I'm, I'm the same weak, but I have realized Christ is in the middle of this weakness. He's tempting me with his presence. So I actually participate in his strength. And his strength is my strength. It's as if Jesus takes the fullness of his life and strength and he pours it inside of you. So now... You live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. I am handling, I am living, I am seeing, I am perceiving this in the situation because I am now one with Christ. We are sons of God because we're participating in the only Son and He has fully poured Himself out inside of us. You receive. You desire. You receive. He, he's in us. All our life Outside of that, there is nothing. There's nothing you can do, he said, without me. So it, it isn't that he did something for me, and now I can pay for it through enough faith, right? If I have enough faith, you know, and, you know so if I have enough faith, then God says, come and get it. No. Rather, he puts his arms around me and joined himself to me. So that my history is his history and his history is my history. I get it all by gift. I 
It's not a one-time thing. It's minute by minute by minute. We never strengthen ourselves, but he who is the God human pours into us who he really is. You know, Jesus taught us this. He taught us how to live the human life, right? God became human to show humans how to live the human life. So we think it's in going around, doing miracles, doing healings, raising the dead, you know, calming the storms, you know, all these different things. That, that's what we think when we talk about God became human to show us how to live the human life. No! What's the key word to the whole life of Jesus? Remember he said, of myself, I can do nothing. If that isn't a statement of absolute weakness, I don't know what is. Of my own self, Jesus said. Of my own self. When God became human, this is human. This is me. I can do nothing. All that I say, I'm receiving from the Father. He says, all that I do, I see. He says, it's a relationship. Me and the Father, we're one. And when he works, I work. And what he says, I speak. We're one. We're saying the same thing. This, understand, it, it totally disarms the enemy. Think about this. It will be one thing if he made me strong, so now I can punch you back kind of thing. I love the way Jesus uses the enemy, or I should say the weapons of the enemy. I, let, me, let me explain something. Let, him, you know, let them crucify him. But what saves us? They're crucifying him, save them. I mean, what, what they're doing is actually going to be the means of our deliverance, but also theirs as well. The darkness can't comprehend that. You can't, <laughs> you, you can't educate yourself into something like this, friend. It takes revelation. It takes revelations. That's why some light bulbs coming on. To others, they can't wait to get out of this place this morning. Listen, you're sitting in the middle of one of these situations. How do you start this new way of life? First, don't wish your situation away. Hello? As if it could go away just by you wanting it to go away. That's called anxiety. Sticking or sitting there wishing that this, this wasn't happening. Well, I just wish this, I wasn't going through. I wish this wasn't taking place. Can I say this? This is the isness of life. It is happening. And we end up praying that God would just make life disappear sometimes. This 
is a world of unfortunate free will. Hello? That's can, that can be frightening in and of itself. But he joins us in it. Don't wish it away. And, 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 and I'm not saying that you're going to enjoy it, okay? I'm not saying you're going to. But then in the same thought, realize that where you are, this is life. That is, whether you like it or not, that is where the Holy Trinity lives. The very place I'm trying to get away from is where the Holy Trinity lives. He's not separated. He's not up there someplace. He never is. He's simultaneously living life in you, with you. And therefore, he's present in the fear and the weakness. God fills the place that we're afraid even to look at, think about, let alone go to. He's saying, realize that you live in my embrace. Then you can embrace this situation and watch what happens, friends. I'll say this. We miss the wonders of love by seeking outside of ourselves. Oh, yes, we do. We miss the wonders of love by seeking outside of ourselves. We seek for a distant Christ who isn't here in our estimation. So we try to coax him into action. And if I do this or if I do that, and if I make enough promises to God that I'll continue, I'll, I'll never do If only, if only, you know, you get me out of this, then I'll... We realize that I am in him and he is in me, but also me in this situation. Now, I'll tell you straight up front, this is not being passive. Maybe I should have started that from the beginning. This is not, well, I just embrace it, you know, I'll just, you know, let, let, let it walk all over me. Let it, you know, just, just, just pray. You know, Lord, don't, don't let this take too long. I hope to be through it by, no, 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 no. This is not what I'm saying. I don't embrace the negative. Hello? I am recognizing that the negative is the negative. I recognize that it's revealing to me instead that I am not enough. I'm helpless. But instead of running away from that, I turn immediately to the result that Christ is my life. I don't allow I don't wallow in the negative. The person who holds me holds the keys to death and to hell in whom I now live, who lives in me in this situation. It is his domain. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. In that, he, in, in, in that situation, shares with me his triumph over evil. We're not passively sitting there waiting for it to destroy us, for Pete's sake. We can look at it, and we can know. We can look at it and know. I mean, know. You meant it for evil, but God means it for good. Do you remember this, this letter to the Philippians? You remember what happened to Paul when he was in Philippi? They beat him senseless. 
they beat him to a pulp. Then they threw him in the jail. And they tortured him. In the middle of that, in the middle of the night, him and Silas did what? They sang, and and I asked myself, where did they get the breath to do that? And they sang until you could actually hear them outside the prison. And then the prison fell, you know, apart. They could, listen, they could not have sunk if they were praying for God to take this away. How do you sing after you've been beaten? I don't know. It's a grace that goes beyond all common sense. I'm not saying this is going to happen or that's going to happen. All I'm saying is the grace of God that tempts you, you will see it as God sees it, which is unspeakable joy and wisdom to walk through so you'll see it no longer as a thorn but as an opportunity for God to be revealed in the middle of it. Hello, somebody. Mm. Oh, jeez. Okay, sorry. Can I start something that I won't finish? I... I'm going to stop here for a second, but I'm, I'm, see, he, here's the deal. Here's the reason I'm trying to bring us into this understanding. It's so very dear. I'm tired of the enemy lies. I'm tired of the way that he has, he's, he's literally gotten, quote, believers to be so dull and so pathetic and so unaffected. I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but I'm going to bring this up. When when that couple was scheduled to come in on Tuesday, oh, I get to talk to them. I can't wait to sit down and talk to this couple who just lost their three-and-a-half-year-old girl to a tragic accident. Oh, it's going to be such a good time. I can't wait. Are you kidding? I had anxiety. But I didn't pray for God to take it away. a moment like that, you realize that sympathy is embrace. And his strength is complete in your weakness. I felt the emotion of the story I I'm going to share with you a little bit about what God's teaching. That's all I'm doing. I'm just going to share it with you. We'll get into it later. As I said last week, I've told you how many times, countless times over the years we've been together. The best day of my life came when I quit living for God. 
that's trying to be strong for God, that's trying to do all the right things, that's trying to live a disciplined life, reading my Bible enough, praying enough, you know, doing all the right things, making sure I'm doing this, that, and everything else. And I have drifted away from God. You just mess up all the time. You never quite enough. And so you beat yourself up. And then the accuser comes in, how can God love you? Look at you, loser. If God loved you, you wouldn't be in this to begin with, and blah, blah, blah. Best day of my life came when I just gave up on God. And I started living wrongly instead. I'm going to share another verse of Scripture that I do not think is in your notes, but it is on the screen. It's something that the emissaries, that the, that the apostles, disciples knew. John shares it. And I'm reading it to you from the American Standard. And then I'm going to expound upon it. And I think it's interesting how many other times and other places this is mentioned. He said, by this, the love of God was manifested in us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live captured in his love. Not only not from him, not, 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 not for him, but we begin to live from him, and then he teaches us how to live through him. sat down with our covenant and I stood in front of that group of people at that service if I wasn't living through him I would be nothing to walk in this world. You know what I'm realizing in talking to God? Just It just hit me in my head. I don't know why I never thought about it before. But as I was sharing with them, God spoke to me and said, this is witnessing. This is witnessing. Witnessing isn't preaching to them. It's not asking them they know where they go when they die. This is living through him. And through him, reaches out and loves them in the darkness, in life, because he's in that darkness with them. Yeah, but they're not Christians. So what? He didn't come for the church only. He came for all of mankind. And I don't care whether you're super Christian or you're the worst culprit of evil in the world. You will never escape God. 
And I don't mean that from a judgmental point. I'm saying it for the potential of the glory of God to be revealed. you are not strong in yourself when you go out and say, I have no strength. You've missed it. To know the secret of being content can only happen out of revelation in our need. Pastor, you're messing us up. This is not what we have believed. This is not the way we have lived. We've always tried to attain to the highest moral and the highest standards and the highest elevation of glorifying God, of being sure that we don't say wrong things and speak evil or do have, have this or any other problem. We That is... right into it. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking into our hearts secrets. I pray it again over all of us. Open our eyes of understanding. Fill us with the knowledge of your word. Teach us and shape us and mold us. And God, may we realize we are being tempted in the embrace of you and those things. That there is never a place, never a time, never a situation, never a circumstance, never a moment that you're separated from that you're up there somewhere and you're, you're just not here. Otherwise, no, that you are always there. You never leave us nor forsake us. And I pray right now, because God, No, it does not mean there's going to be 20 minutes for you. You've been gracious as it is. Would you bow your heads with me right where you're standing? If there's something breaking through in some people here this morning, because he is the healer, the stress level that you've been living under has been phenomenal. You've been trying to bear it trying to be strong underneath it. Been praying that God would deal with it, that God would handle it, that God would remove it.
in his grace. And he brings us underneath him. Like a hen covering her chicks. Right now in the middle of that animal husbandry. And of that stress. And of that worry. I don't know how to let go of it. I don't know how to let go of it. Don't turn away from it. Doesn't make it disappear. But turn your eyes to Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light To live from you and to live through you. In my infirmities, in my stress, my up and down, you are strong. I can do. You don't have to be a rabbit to tell it doesn't matter. You can't be like them. You've looked at him as a crutch, as something that that he's telling you within you to do. doesn't call for you to say certain words that will change everything you think about what you believe about him and that you would receive it. To believe upon him and to have everlasting life.
say it with me. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Ushers, you can unlock the doors now. I'm, I'm very gracious for you to have him there this morning. But my heart is that you don't leave this place the same way you came in. God's talking to some hard hearts right now. I don't know how else to put that. And you know why they're hard? Because you're tell, still telling yourself the same story that relates to the same pain and the same problem and the same situation. And you're stuck. You are stuck. God's saying, no, you got a new story. A new story. That story says, therefore, rather would I, therefore, rather would I, Therefore, rather would I content me deep. I like that. Therefore, rather would I glory in my infirmities, my hardness, my lack of ability, my bitterness, because I've got a new story. I'll glorify in my weakness there. I'm going to learn what it is to be content with their words. I'm going to learn to be content with their insults, with the situations, with, with, the, with the issues, with the problems, with all those things that are coming down on me. <laughs> I'm content. I'm content. I might not feel the greatest in the world. I'm not denying the problem. But I know I'm okay. Because I'm being tempted being indwelt. Thank you, Jesus. I got to be careful. I, I, I am going to make this 20 minutes, aren't I? I'm going to stop here because I'm going to be quite honest with you. I am not feeling, sensing, or even getting a word in reference to the altar. Does that mean I'm not going to have an altar call? Hey, altar! Okay, I, I had an altar call. No, understand, these altars are open. morning, maybe you just want to remain in his presence to let him continue to pour his gentle love, his love, continue to heal what's been hurt, to allow him to make sense of what he's doing in the middle of all those years of drama. God's ready to go with that. We're not going to have the formal dismissal. stay in worship, he's good. You need to go, we totally understand. You want to come to these altars and spend some time here? God's dealing with your heart and your life. 
We're here to pray with you, and we will pray with you. I just want to speak the name of Jesus and pray. And every mind. Within your presence, I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus.
I'm, I'm glad you're still here. Go ahead and pull that down. Pull that down. Ushers, would you shut the doors, please? The ushers left. moment in time in your words of this very moment not trying to convince yourself not trying to just believe it by saying it but by a revelation of understanding you are walking in authority and wisdom and understanding and power in strength you have never dreamt could be. You don't do it loudly. You don't proclaim it over something. You don't try to make it happen. And you don't try to make sure it's enacting. You simply walk in the Spirit. Because you know whatever situation you are in, speaking the name of Jesus, Whatever scenario you're going through, he is in it as he is in you. So you do not walk in trying to figure it out or saying the things that need to be said. You are walking in omnipotent That this world cannot comprehend or understand. You smile, and everybody just thinks you're crazy. But you know that you have I can do this. I can do this. Because he is with me. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no 
knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that rest of yours is there already as you sit here. I just sense this incredible, incredible power that's shaking the earth, that's shaking your foundation, and that has Absolutely no dominion over you because you are forgiven. And I'm telling you right now, it speaks in the natural, not as something that is supposed to be invoking, something that is is minded and rooted in who you are, an understanding that goes beyond all human knowledge, comprehension. Is it going to make sense? No. But neither do you in this room. You are who he says you are. Empowered by the Holy Spirit of the Trinity of God. Let him blow your mind as you begin to live this day. Don't tell me you're not done with this. As you begin to live your day. From him, I understand, okay, now I got it, let's go, God, kind of thing. You know, no, but through him, you've got nothing of me, but all of him. Lord, bless them, keep them, strengthen them. Assure them your promises upon them, your grace abounds. Prosper, protect them, increase you. Impart your health and honor your name. Bless them in their coming in and their going out. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can stick around if you want. That's not a problem. I'm not saying telling you to get out. God bless you. Amen. Dave, what else?